Welcome to No Concessions, another movie podcast where we explore subgenres of movies. This week's subgenre is movies promoted by the Little Tokyo Tourism Board or the forgotten middle child between two critically acclaimed films named Big Trouble in Little China and They Live. The movie, the movie that we're reviewing this week is The Prince of Darkness by John Carpenter, a.k.a. Big Trouble in Little Tokyo. <laughs> um, we'll get back to that in a little bit, though. After that, we'll go into our titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite movies. But first, let's get to know our guests. This week we have... Hi, uh, I'm Tuxapun Piliatsatinkun, but you can just call me Taco. I'm just a guy who likes movies not really i never watched a movie in my life unlike uh, all these other people in this room who are experts movie connoisseurs movies. that's the Only word the movie finest. connoisseurs for yeah, sure whatever the gore the word gourmand is for yeah. movies uh, <laughs> that's what we are yeah. i have high class taste in movies <laughs> i will only watch movies that were wrapped in gold foil <laughs> prior to being put into my playstation 4 and breaking it <laughs> I'm Serene. I love horror movies, and my favorite genre is trashy 80s horror comedy. My name is Denzel. You know who the fuck it is. I've been on every episode. If you don't know who I am, uh, because you're just tuning in for the first time, my name is Denzel. My time is virtually worthless. So, uh, this week we're chatting with a couple pals of mine. In the opening segment, we're going to do a little bit of a lightning round type thing with these two. Uh, But first, let's ask the real hard-hitting questions. What's the last movie you saw in theaters? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, actually. Nice. Uh, I want to say it was uh, The Conjuring 2. That was a long time ago. (laughs) I I really don't watch movies that often. uh, Did uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom come out after that? Because you saw that in the theater. I did, yeah, actually. I did see uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but that movie was so bad that my brain forgot about it. (laughs) Understandable. (laughs) So we're going to do a little bit of a get to know you thing with our with our new guests. I have a feeling that they'll be appearing more regularly. Mm-hmm. So just to get you at home used to hearing these people's voices, let's uh, let's do some questions that would normally come up in conversation during a regular episode. Number one, uh, why are we recording this in a sweatshop in Koreatown? <laughs> Uh, sweatshop fits our budget, I'd say. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, what's what's one of the movies that you wish you saw in theaters on release day? That's a hard one for me. So I was thinking about <clears throat> some obvious choices, and then going back and forth whether or not I should consider something that I could have possibly seen because I was alive when it came out. But I think I settled on seeing Alien in theaters on opening day, just because that was such a a groundbreaking movie for science fiction and for horror and for cinema in general. And the hype for a movie that's a completely original concept. I might, I've seen pictures of opening day where um, like the lines go around the block and you say, you see that for movies now still, but it tends to be like a, an established, yeah, exactly. An established genre or something that people already know, but for, for a brand new unknown thing like alien to come out and people to be so excited about it not knowing what they're gonna get I, I would love to experience something like that for sure oh you hear that fucking hollywood <laughs> or right down the road make something original and good and make sure people are excited about it you know i didn't watch a lot of movies in theaters so like you know the uh the field was really wide for me but i, I think for me 
I would have liked to see Jurassic Park in theaters, which is kind of sad because I didn't see it as like a kid in theaters. Like even like opening, I think it, I, my family had waited until it was on VHS, but I had all the toys already because Kenner, Kenner got that marketing fucking on, on lock. <laughs> so, you know, that would have been a real cool experience uh, to see it as a kid, but also to see it as an adult would be kind of mind blowing too if I was like seeing all those cool like practical effects at that time and the good CG that they actually used in it too. Uh, I think my choice would be it would be one of two things. It would be was the room given a wide release? Um, I don't know how it wasn't like you can go to like the Edwards and see the room. I don't think, but it definitely had a stint on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, which I went to many of those screenings. Okay, like I would I would want to see like the first reaction to that. Just yeah. because I think people would be super pissed, and <laughs> That's I don't a good think answer. anybody like I. I don't think any movies come out since then that's been as bad and people would just be like, what the fuck is this? Like, this yeah. is good. And like, it would be difficult for a movie that bad to come out again. Oh yeah. But I would love to, I would just love to see the reaction to that. Either that, or I would say office space oh. because one of the complaints <laughs> I remember when I was in elementary school, when office space came out, everybody loved Mike Judd. And he yeah. had done, like, a lot of great stuff, Beavis and Butthead, yeah. King of the Hill. And he had done, like, a lot of really great work. But people were like, oh, shit, like, he's got a new movie coming mm-hmm. out. And I remember a lot of people complaining because, like, the soundtrack was basically a bunch of gangster rap. Yeah. And, like, it fucked with white people <laughs> <sure>. so hard. <laughs> oh, man. And I went to, like, a predominantly white school. But, like, a lot of people were, like, very upset having gone to see it. No kidding. And I would love to see those exit interviews for, like, uh, focus testing yeah. that they do after the movie. I would love to see that shit. <laughs> that would be so funny. Just to, because, like, both The Room and Office Space offer, like, a really unique perspective. Mm. Because one is, like, f- fucking awful. And I just haven't ever seen anybody, like, seen a large group in a theater react really poorly to something at the same time. Right. And with Office Space, it's a very funny movie, but people were pissed. The next question, let's go to a movie that you want to see remade. This was such a hard thing for me to come up with because I'm definitely, whenever a remake comes out, I'm automatically skeptical about it, even though there have been some remakes out that I've really enjoyed, like the Evil Dead. Well, it wasn't quite a remake. I guess it was a on a soft reboot or something like that. But, um, and the new Suspiria I loved, but, um, thinking about choosing a movie to become a remake is scary to me. It's It's a lot of power and it's a lot, (laughs) it's bound to fail. Um, so I thought a lot about what kinds of movies might work for a remake and I didn't come up with a good answer and I'm not quite convinced, but I was thinking about, you know, we haven't had just like a good, like, like a gremlins type movie lately so i'm interested to see how like gremlins or something like monster squad would be remade something that's like horror but kind of cute and for kids i mean monster squad's not cute but it's it's still like accessible to children so like opening up horror i think to like younger kids or like gremlins definitely has scary moments in it but it's you know kids go to see it because there's a cute animal on it so i'd be interested to see how gremlins or or even Monster Squad could be remade, even though 
the second someone said they were remaking Gremlins, I would be like, what the, the fuck? Yeah. Come on, bro. Come on. How are you going to change Gizmo like that? But like, <laughs> You're going to make this a CG yeah. fuck fest? What the oh, fuck, yeah, bro? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's okay. I would definitely say no matter what happens, there have to be practical effects. But um, as much shit as I would inevitably talk, I would be there to watch it in okay. the theater. Okay. How about you, Taco? Yeah, this was also a pretty loaded question for me because I feel like a lot of movies that I enjoy are pretty well off as they are like you know they don't really need to do remakes of them but if we're going into weird territory i'd like to see like like video game movies such as the mario brothers would be a great (laughs) one to be redone uh street fighter would be kind of cool to see be redone and not that chun lee movie either sorry (laughs) (laughs) that one was fucking garbage dude. (laughs) like any any adaptations of like things that i really like like dragon ball movie was awful too and i don't know i don't understand why hollywood's really bad at doing that it's i mean i know it's a lot of studio crap but i mean anything in that like weird genre of like because i don't know i kind of like Japanese pop culture and like anime and things like that. So it'd be cool. If one of those movies that were already done were remade better and more true to the uh, source material. Fair enough. How'd you feel about Ghost in the Shell? You know, I I liked it enough. Like it wasn't like wow, this was such a great like like close to the source thing. I didn't really feel a huge problem as people other people did about. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, podcast canceled. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, guys. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal to me, but it wasn't like, um, like oh, I wasn't on like, the boat for her either. I was just like, let's see where it goes. And I was like, eh. Like, it was cool. It had like some things from the original Ghost in the Shell. And I was like, cool. And they had like some standalone complex stuff in there too. So, I mean, it had, if you're a fan of it, it had things that you would like, but it wasn't like great. And especially because they tried to, like, make the story, like, a love story, too. It was kind of lame. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. I think what I would like to see remade would be... Give me a Fast and Furious remake. Oh, Oh, okay. Just the first first three. If you remake that, but, like, don't even update it for modern times. (laughs) You just use the same cars and just do a shot-for-shot remake. I think that would be fucking hilarious yeah those movies are fucking terrible and car culture doesn't exist in the same way that it used to hell no and Um, it would just be watching that movie now makes no sense mm -hmm. but remaking those movies for now would make even less sense (laughs) and it would be so fucking hilarious people would be like what world did this come from like who thought this was good why (laughs) why 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 I'm going to change my answer now, man. I think uh, I think you're right. Fast and Furious needs to be remade, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Convinced me. Dude, it's either that or you can make remake something like a, a weird classic movie like Bullet with mm. uh, Steve McQueen. Mm-hmm. Nice. But you just get like some other like very blonde gay man to drive <laughs> around in a car in San Francisco if you want. And, like, drift around <laughs> Google buses or whatever. Oh, man. Shit like that. Do they a Gymkhana. What is it? Crazy, crazy uh, Larry? Crazy Taxi? No. Uh, Dirty Larry, Crazy Mary. Yeah, they should do no, a remake. No, the other of, way. Crazy, crazy Larry, Dirty Crazy Larry, Dirty Mary? Mary? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's One of them's is. dirty, one of them's yeah. crazy. <laughs> What's that? It's a car it's movie. A 70s car movie, yeah. Just a chase film? It's a cha- car chase film. With, Hell yeah. With dope cars and yeah. Remember some when titties. you could have whole genres based around one thing? <laughs> yeah. But this is... Uh, 
we've got a car chase genre of yeah. movie. We've got a bank heist, specifically bank heist, right. ones that take place in rural cities. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why we do this podcast, so we can explore different subgenres of movies that may not exist. Yeah, open up your third fucking eye, people. <laughs> oh this is why this middle child exists. <laughs> yeah, and films promoted by Little Tokyo's <laughs> tourism board exist. These are subgenres of movie. Remake that entire subgenre. I'd like to see a remake of The Prince of Darkness. What oh, would that boy. even be like? Yeah. I was thinking about that <laughs> earlier. Loaded. It would have way more jump scares. Yeah, for sure. And more people spitting into yeah. each other's mouths. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely yeah. want to spend some time talking about the spitting into each other's mouths portion okay. of this film. <laughs> for sure. Just maybe really want Mountain Dew, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, go on to this next question. What, what movie do you think should get a sequel that doesn't have one? I hated this question as much as I hated the remake question because I don't know a good answer for that. Um, I Okay, so this is another thing that I, I'm going to say that I don't actually fully believe in or endorse, but um, a sequel to They Live, maybe, with John Carpenter directing it again. He hasn't done anything in a while. That's um, because he's busy making terrible music. <laughs> busy How being dare angry. you? <laughs> um, but, I mean, it would probably end up being a wreck. But I would still, and and the film absolutely doesn't need a sequel at all, and the source material doesn't lend for a sequel either. It's like a a, a two page short story that came out in a science fiction magazine in the '60s. So there's there's not much else that needs to be said. But I still think that um, I would watch a sequel to They Live, directed by John Carpenter. Uh, everyone would bitch about it, um, probably. I would also bitch about it, but I would my ass would be there in the theater on the first day. I'm sensing a common theme. Yeah. I hate it, but I also love it. <laughs> a lot of love hate. Yeah. How about you, Talk? You know movies that movies that like I, I hate sequels, to be honest, because I feel like there's always a cash grab for sequels. Unless it's like an open ended thing where it needed to have something but that's just kind of like a Lord of the Rings thing where they could have just made one movie, but they broke it up into like, you know, three movies just to squeeze it for all of its cash. So I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to say for me. I, I don't religiously have a like a movie that I was like, oh, what if they made a, a sequel to it? Like, I don't know. It's hard. I thought about it for like a while after you like had like given us this question and I couldn't think of anything really at all <laughs> oh that's <sorry>. fine <laughs> no worries just no pick worries. Some, say something that will make people angry i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i don't blanked trip. on it i think i could go for a sequel to cliffhanger <laughs> oh my god <laughs> or a sequel to over the top I've never uh, seen that. Over the Top is an arm wrestling movie oh, wow. where okay. in order to earn his son's respect, Sylvester Stallone <laughs> okay. goes around oh, the continental U.S. arm wrestling oh. people. Oh, I've yeah. never seen that. It's heard of this. so stupid. It's, <laughs> it's one of the dumbest premises for a movie I've ever heard of. And like... I'd love to see old man Stallone come back oh, yeah. in the in the newly found subgenre of old man still useful to society yeah. movies yeah, where yeah. he's just beating all the young whippersnappers yeah. in arm oh, wrestling. Oh, yeah. And I watched um have you heard of Escape Plan? 
So Escape Plan was a movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone that came out about five years ago, mm. something like that. Oh, wow. And it was like really lauded because it's something that people wanted in 1985. Right. And they were just like, oh, we didn't get that much of it in The Expendables. But what about Escape Plan? So it's basically Escape from Alex Gutraz, but with future prisons and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. It's it's basically them escaping from a prison and they have to like work together begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, oh, uh, it's like the odd couple, but with dudes with muscles. <laughs> All so right. Okay. Say that, no more. <laughs> that first movie exists. So they do a sequel to it, not with... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger because obviously he wants nothing else to do with it because the second movie seems like a weird cash grab but and it's also largely produced by Chinese companies Uh, so that's another like red flag for me if I see a lot of production Mm. from Chinese companies then I know it's not it's not necessarily in keeping with the original uh, IP mm-hmm. which is fine it doesn't have to be because the first escape plan was fucking terrible yeah. but the second one was bad as well so in the third one uh, I say all that to say to get to the third one about the subgenre about <laughs> the old man still useful to society beating the shit out of young people uh, the the villain in the third one is Devin Sawa oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays this villain who's the son of Sylvester Stallone's old business partner whom he had killed in the first movie. It's a long weird story, but effectively uh, Devin Sawa kills Sylvester Stallone's fiance and Sylvester Stallone beats him to death. In in the last scene of the movie, he just beats him to death. And this is part of like the subgenre of movie, like Taken, where the old dude is fucking everybody up, even though he's like 60 years old, Mm -hmm. can't really run that well. He's got gout and like a bad back, a herniated disc and shit. And like for some reason, like somebody who's 30 years old in their prime, fucking cut to shreds and like fucking trained martial arts since they were a kid, just still gets smoked by this old man and that's the <laughs> subgenre right there it's the old men yeah. who are useful to society but not really but they can still beat the shit out of young people oh and so i forgot why i was making that point i completely forgot why i was making that point because it was a long roundabout story over the to top get to two. You to make yes, over the, the top two and that's yes over the top two would be that exact thing it would be him going around the country arm wrestling young people and Devin saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's old now though yeah, he's also old now so <laughs> I have to prove to my son that I can still arm wrestle oh my god yes over the top two make it happen I completely made that Sold. movie for like the, the boomer generation yeah like, we'll beat those generational millennials I mean that's that's like a long standing genre right at yeah. first it was like the Illuminati hiding yeah. in the background with stuff like Death Wish. Oh my god! Yeah. And even I would dare say Bullet. Uh, there was this I can't remember which Michael Caine movie it was. Uh, it was a heist movie as well, oh. where he was the old dude, and they were like doing a heist. I think it was from the mid seventies or something like that, because Michael Caine's been old for fucking ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was born old. <laughs> and there's sneakers with Robert Redford, where he's an old man getting revenge, who's a hacker or whatever. And it's like fuck, bro. Like the 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 Illuminati has been planting the seeds for the boomers for a long time, dude. <laughs> Just like yo, you're old. Society still needs you to show these young people how it's done. Hey, man, you know what would be a good remake or like a, a sequel to a very long series of sequels would be another Death Wish. 
Oh, they fucking, remade Death yeah, Wish. Yeah, they remade Eli Roth yeah. did it, didn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And it came out last year or the year before. Yeah. What the fuck? I yeah. need to watch this. I did not know that. I, w- I watched it recently. It. It's not good. And the... <sighs> The thing that this is going to be real fucky, but like it kind of is inspired by like um, the animus of today's climate Mm -hmm. largely. So the movie was it seems like it was written by people who work for Fox News because it takes place in Chicago. And it's like Chicago is such a crime infested area. There's there's nothing that the police can do. You have to take policing into your own hands. And so he goes out and just starts murdering people. Uh, because his <laughs> wife and daughter were murdered in his house and it was just like it could have taken place anywhere they chose Chicago because it's like a really lazy shorthand for a mm, violent city yeah, of course. without like taking into context how it got that like none of that shit mm. so w- what they do is they have Bruce Willis so the original Death, Death Wish with Charles Bronson mm-hmm. was about a guy who goes out and tries to get revenge for his murdered family. Right. He doesn't find anybody who did any of this stuff to his family. He's just <laughs> going out and he's just murdering people. And he's like a soulless husk by the end of the movie. Yeah. Now those movies over the years have changed right. because yeah. by the time it got to Death Wish 5, he was like fighting fucking military like <laughs> yeah. fucking uh, cartel groups in yeah. Los Angeles or some shit. <laughs> he was his own A-team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's Death Wish, the remake with Bruce, Bruce Willis, didn't have any of those elements. It was just a revenge movie where he goes out and he finds the people who killed his wife and like tried to rape his daughter oh. and then he kills them and there's nothing about like yo like this is actually a bad thing like mm. it's what it is largely is like outward praise of getting revenge for somebody who's done you harm right yeah. which is i mean fine because there are a lot of movies like that but yeah. that's not what death wish was yeah mm-hmm. if it was like a death wish 3 remake then we could talk yeah, because he's sure. got a rocket launcher yeah. Yeah. in a rundown new york and he's just firing <laughs> it into crowds of brown people Dude, that was, yeah that was the wildest that's that's the that's the over top shit I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Get Bruce Willis absolutely. on rocket launcher. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. This bald bastard. Oh, man. Speaking Let's of people who've been, who were like born bald and old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at one point, Bruce Willis did have hair, dude. Was he Dad, like uh, two? He was, uh, well, oh, Die Hard. He had what was remaining of hair, man. <laughs> Hudson Hawk. Yeah. It was really hanging in there. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> It's not a good look for him. No. I'm glad he went. He embraced the bald, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Some people look better (laughs) with a baldy. Yeah. So let's let's ask what movie do you think should get or what property uh, IP should get an adaptation of some sort? Um, This was also a hard question. So I guess all questions are hard for me. (laughs) Um, I, I thought of two radically different things um the easier and more trashy route would be and i know this was in the works and i don't know what happened to it but um a bioshock adaptation i know they had sold the rights to something i'm sure it would end up being awful but um i would still watch it i think that's the theme of my (laughs) life is (laughs) things suck but i still want to see them um i'm gonna go ahead and pretend that uh, the Doom film that they made uh, was never had never happened. So an actual for real Doom uh, film would be amazingly cool. Hopefully, um, so some video game. Um, and then I 
stole this answer from Taco, but uh, Turok, uh, the dinosaur hunter. <laughs> oh, no, my answer. <laughs> Give that me that. Give me that movie. Okay. Uh, um, I would watch the shit out of that. Um, but none of that, like, sci-fi movie, like, CGI mega shark bullshit. I want, like, a legitimate like Hollywood funded trash dinosaur movie. And then I was also thinking of adapting an ancient piece of material, um, something like the Bacchae, which is about um, Dionysus, the god of wine. Oh, and I thought in, you were going to say the Egyptian book of the no. day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like this, that story, which ends up with um, someone being decapitated by their own mother's bare hands, um, would do really well, set, like maybe loosely adapted in like a modern setting done in a, like an like an a24 type film like quiet like it comes at night or even i mean like ari aster and his obsession with cults i think like that really fits in and something loosely based on that story i think could be pretty unsettling and awful and depressing and horrible and great to watch so either trashy dinosaurs or pretentious bullshit god damn what an answer <laughs> that's a hard act to follow i know honestly she, and she stole my answer damn it <laughs> <laughs> not, sorry. i told you i was gonna steal it <laughs> <laughs> you know um i'd like to see i don't know movies that of stories that i grew up with like like i know it's already been done by like chinese like movies and stuff like that like the monkey king and stuff like mm. that that'd be cool to see a hollywood production of it maybe like at a like an adaptation where it's more modern and like just a little more mystical, but not Dragon Ball. I don't want none of that <laughs> Anything garbage. but that. And, uh, <clears throat> but also like if, if we're doing like video game adaptations for properties and stuff like that, it'd be cool to see like, I, I'm on board with like the Turok thing a hundred percent because I loved, love that game so much. You hear that much. Hollywood? Yeah. Give us the <laughs> dinosaur movie we deserve, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hear me out <laughs> i knew you're gonna have a hear me out kind of thing they they serve oh what was that book called the tucker max book they serve beer in hell or i hope they serve beer in hell where it's just this like dude who's serially abusing women oh no oh. so uh, i like i'm big into they already made that movie mm -hmm. once right but i'm big into movies that kind of um are more satirical mm. so i'd like to see a take on that in the same vein as starship troopers okay yeah yeah. where it's positioned as everything that's happening is like a good thing and this guy's really cool yeah oh. but it's like all very satirical yeah and it's like yo this guy's actually a huge piece of shit <laughs> and like this is a bad thing yeah and people shouldn't be like this and it would be it would be cool to see like the reaction to that that would be <laughs> yeah that'd be really rad <laughs> oh that would actually be pretty cool yeah pretty dude cool like stuff. just it would be it would be like um the way that i envision it it mm -hmm. would be like you're watching eric andre except like the, only the hannibal burris parts because <laughs> hannibal burris acts like as a proxy for the audience right i guess that doesn't really work as the analogy because you would have to have another character in the movie to be that mm. to tucker max but just like if it's if you're just watching eric andre without hannibal it's just like this shit is <laughs> fucking crazy yeah, what the true. fuck <laughs> but it, i think i think you could do a really good job of like not making it ironic but like making it known that like this dude's like a fucking vile yeah. piece of shit <laughs> this is bad 
I feel like reading online reviews for that would be like an exercise in controlling high blood pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah. Who would you get to direct it? Paul Verhoeven. Of course, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) At the end, it would have fucking uh neil patrick harris standing next to tucker <laughs> max's bed saying he's afraid he's afraid oh man that'd be, that'd be pretty fucking good that'd be pretty good we're gonna get into our review of the prince of darkness after these messages or this one message depending on how many i feel like putting in there you know who it is it's time to thank all of our lovely patrons for their support but first Let's talk about some of the content coming up this month. First, we've got an explosivo review of Dora and the City of Gold requested on the Discord. (laughs) We did it. Uh, It's going to come out later on this week. It was a weird choice of movie to adapt. Can you say weird choice of movie to adapt? And in the second edition of this month's newsletter, we've got an interview with a friend of mine who produced his first few episodes of a television show. Uh, Something on National Geographic. I can't remember the name right now and I'm not going to look it up. But we've got that. Uh, And to get on the newsletter, you have to join the Patreon. We've got a requested return of an old thing that we used to do. Is it the old show? Yes, it is. RNH is uh, coming back in a limited way on the Patreon, maybe a couple episodes a month. Now, on to our lovely patrons. Shout out to all of you for making this possible with your support through Patreon. Adrian T, Ash Princess Midna, Brady R, Brian R, CJW, Charles P, Charles S, Chet Brown, Chris Webb, Dad, neither of the fathers, Daniel W, Destro the Siege, Dickie, Doug Drew, Dynamo, Emilio R, Final Cake, Fish Nipples for Sale, Fun Kilo, James A.W., Juice Campbell, Mel J, Mike C, Patrick M, Philip M, M, Nikki, Rare Steak, Samurai Jack the Face Ripper, Saul G, Spirit Fury Fire, Swervelo, Vidal S, Willard TK, X, the X Janitor X, and Zach K. Thanks all of you for your support. We appreciate it. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash no concessions. And now back to the show. Welcome back to No Concessions, your favorite movie podcast. This week's review is Prince of Darkness, released on October 23rd, 1987, directed by John Carpenter, produced by Larry J. Franco, written by John Carpenter (laughs) as Martin Quartermass, starring (laughs) Donald Plaisance, uh, Lisa Blount, Blunt. Victor Wong, Dirk Blocker, and Jameson Parker. Music by John Carpenter and Alan Haworth. Uh, cinematography by Gary B. Kibbe. I think I said that right. Maybe Kib. Edited by Stephen Merkovich. And the runtime is 101 minutes with a budget of $3 million and box office of $14 million. That's crazy. Three million. That's, yeah, that's, that's a shoestring. shoestring. Yeah, Seriously. yeah, yeah. It I shows mean, though. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, this movie is about. Uh, so, all right. The first <laughs> yeah. thing that what I thought. What is this movie about, yeah, Denzel? Uh, all right. 
if I had to summarize it, but it's like nobody really knows what what what's going on. It's like uh, this dude's got a box that he nuts in with a key, <laughs> and he puts it on his chest after he finished nuts nutting in it, <laughs> and that he kind dies. Of podcast. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is come town to the movies. Oh, yeah. uh, but basically. The Prince of Darkness is returning, and these people aren't necessarily there to stop it. They're there to study it, and a bunch of shit happens as they're studying mm-hmm. it. And yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. It's people studying how to stop the Prince of Darkness without and, knowing that they're there to stop yeah. the Prince of Darkness. This is my favorite part of the movie. It starts out with uh, the professor. Like, there's not a lot of dialogue in the yeah. first like 20 minutes of the movie, which is credits for like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. can we talk about how long those credits were going on? He's for? really holding out for directed <laughs> by John Carpenter. The movie starts with a professor, basically, or after the cum box thing. These uh, <laughs> this like bishop or whatever. Yeah, and these people are like having a conversation after this priest dies or whatever and it's like cutting between this professor who's explaining like string theory or something like that and like the to these wannabe physicists Mm -hmm. but it's not an actual class at a university it's like um like an annex or something like that it's it's people who are going for that extra credit yeah, yeah basically. he literally says extra credit yeah. but it's, it's just people who are there for like funsies yeah, it's yeah. Like. academics yeah mm-hmm. a, like career academic yeah. like people this God, is what worst. you did before the internet existed you yeah. would just go take classes basically well, those people still exist yeah <laughs> dude hell yeah That's, and i the first thing i thought when i saw this is like if you were to remake this for today's audiences it would literally be a dude on youtube oh fuck and then he would put out an evite <laughs> and then other armchair experts would oh, come God. in from the evites just to attend this thing there's this podcast i listen to called oh no ross and carrie where they investigate the paranormal mm-hmm. and the unusual and things like that oh, God. and basically in one of the episodes, they're investigating the flat Earth. So they set up this entire experiment. They send out Facebook invites. They no, send out okay. like evites or whatever. They do a lot of stuff on the internet and bring a bunch of people there. And the flat Earthers react to exactly how you would expect them to. And the people who are there to actually do the experiment do the experiment. They record it, and it's supposed to go on National Geographic. So this movie at least the opening part of it plays out similarly to Mm. that podcast in that like you've just got some fucking random dude who probably should have a podcast or like who would have a podcast or be on youtube these days yeah just talking to a room full of people who want to know some stuff and they go out and he's like yo dude like i invited you guys to this (laughs) cathedral because the homie the priest came through and was like (laughs) Yo, we need some help with this. We need help studying this. You were on the BBC once, dude. So, um, yeah, just come on, help help us out. Yeah. And the can't dude pay is you just though. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I've got students that are willing to help. Interns, yeah, for extra yeah. credit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of just them dicking around for the. I think if you were to take the first. I want to say half hour of this movie, mm-hmm. you could, could condense it down to about 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that's really where the, the low budget comes through is that once we actually get all the characters in the church, it's just a very long, drawn out sort of setup mm-hmm. 
for the very end for the very ending scene yeah i think that this movie could probably be condensed down to about a half hour yeah it could be like a really nice episode or something yeah yeah Yeah. x files or something you make like a (laughs) scooby-doo if you remake scooby-doo and do this with scooby-doo yeah i would fuck with that i have this obsession with (laughs) scooby-doo and i think that it should be remade in like a lot of cases and i think i would watch a show that's basically a ripoff of (laughs) scooby-doo that that's basically directed by john carpenter yeah with his terrible music (laughs) can david duchovny be shaggy (laughs) david david duchovny is a weird old man now oh is he's, he he's well i don't know if that's not <laughs> like in terms of in the your image. new scooby-doo yeah he could just be uh like old man carruthers <laughs> old who's man always like fucking yelling at the kids <laughs> get off my lawn don't go up to that there mountain <laughs> there's ghosts up there they got the wind to go oh, there's satan juice <laughs> in a tube <laughs> speaking oh, of satan juice uh the cum box has a key in it It the priest comes box has a key uh the other bishop unlocks the door and he finds at the bottom of little tokyo's own cathedral Mm -hmm. this movie was shot in little tokyo in los angeles at the bottom of the cathedral is this like blender that's got green stuff (laughs) in it literally yeah vitamins it's like a spencer's gifts like lava lamp type type thing yeah 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 it's got mountain dew in it it's got a big light in it so you can see uh so i can see you better my pretty (laughs) and yeah i mean it's just juice Uh, it's just juice the problem that i have largely with this movie is that it really is for the first like hour and 15 minutes just set up yeah for the last like 20 or so minutes mm-hmm. of the movie which i think in lots of cases can work but i'm not sure if i would say it worked here mm, i agree with you it's because if you watch something like big trouble in little china mm-hmm. or they live yeah at least in both of those movies the action kicks off right away yeah yeah and even if I'm reading your shirt, let's say Escape from New York, The Fog. I haven't seen The Fog in a while, actually. I guess the closest thing to to this would be Assault on Precinct yeah, 13. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where it's like a slow burn the mm-hmm. entire fucking movie. Yeah. Which is, like, fine. Totally. But it's... In this instance, this movie, even for the time period, is abnormally long. It's yeah. an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And... It really could be like a fan could do a super cut of this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it would probably work out a lot better. I hate to agree because I'm a big John Carpenter fan and an apologist for even his shittiest movies, but you're right. (laughs) 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 You're right. (laughs) Ghosts of Mars. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're, you're definitely right. I think the the problem is that the the plot the narrative the narrative is so kind of hard to follow that it doesn't really like the tension doesn't build up quite enough to make the wait for the ending worth it there's a lot of hastily thrown in like quantum physics terms oh man and you're you're just supposed to be like wow quantum physics is scary like (laughs) and like the i got like a lot okay I don't want to... So I got some Event Horizon vibes here Mm. with the, like, um, sort of science can lead you to, you know, destruction and ruin kind of thing. Um, But it it didn't... It didn't really... I don't know. It wasn't cohesive enough, I think. Yeah. What it seemed like was 
they had ideas. This is one of those things where you have an idea like the whole, mm, how do I put this? This is like you have an idea and you build a way to get to that idea rather than coming up with ideas as you go along. Because the final set piece in this movie is this lady uh, reaching into a mirror. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the entire movie revolved around just that one thing yeah. because yeah. that looked like where they spent all their money yeah, yeah. and sure. the prosthetics and all that yeah. like revolved around those last 20 minutes right I, yeah mm-hmm. i definitely wanted to talk about the effects in this okay. movie i i was looking at my notes and i i laughed a little bit because i i made a bullet point for effects and early about middle way into the movie i had written solid and nothing else and then once the movie sort of got closer to the end i crossed it out and wrote not the best (laughs) um because it it starts off you know it's pretty subdued there's not a lot of blood and gore there's there's a couple kills but um you're right it, it the ending really revolves around that the the prince of darkness son of the anti-god which is something we should probably get into later as well and and all it is is sort of like not so hot freddy krueger makeup you know she's got some sores on her face and but she's still got those little blonde bangs and little ponytail that really makes it kind of hilarious right the son of the son of the ultimate evil has like a little blonde ponytail and short little bangs so that that kind of killed it and, it's an evil and look, man. yeah this is oversized 80s off the shoulder kind of sweater thing that just ooh. <laughs> yeah yeah, it was. Uh, I I thought that a lot of it didn't look great, especially when the dude was out in the parking lot and he was getting stabbed up by Shorty. Yeah, mm. and w- the blood on the knife just stayed in the same oh, position. Yeah. Yeah, that bugged me so much. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're just gonna stab him, and it's just gonna be the same knife shot. Come <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, it was it was bad. I think, and and I I tried to. I mean. Trying to see through, I think, the budget constraints of this was a bit of a challenge because we've we all know John Carpenter's work and um, whether or not that it's been met with like box office success when it came out, it, it generally looks pretty good. But this really felt like Big Trouble in Little China had had failed at the box office and he didn't really have like studio backing. So he sort of just did what he wanted on this tiny budget. And it really, it really showed. It really showed. I know there's a lot of people out there who are probably going to be very angry because they love Prince of Darkness. And sorry. All five of those people. But also. (laughs) Never apologize. And second, like, if you think that this movie, as far as, like, horror goes or Mm -hmm. John Carpenter's career goes, like, if you think it measures anywhere in there, like, as good, then that... That's a problem with yeah. you. That's a personal problem. I actually, like, at, at the end of the movie, I sat down and I, out of curiosity, like, ranked my favorite Carpenter films. And I, I made an actual list. Okay, go through and that list. Prince of Darkness is very low. All right, rattle the, off the entire list. <laughs> well, Let's hear okay, it. Okay, so, really, right now, you yeah, want me to? Okay, it, so the thing it. is at the top. And, I, of course, like, any ranking is absolutely personal and completely subjective. Except that's Except objectively for- <laughs> the best one. <laughs> the thing is absolutely it's the really best good. one. Yeah. Um, unapologetically, that that movie is brilliant and a masterpiece, and I can watch it a million times and never get tired of it. They Live is my next. I don't want to explain every single movie. So um, Halloween, I had trouble. Halloween and Big Trouble in Little China, I think, tie for my next, for the third 
third place. Personally, I like Dark Star a lot, so Dark Star came next. The Fog, In the Mouth of Madness, Escape from New York, and then Christine. Um, body Bags, and then after Body Bags, I put Prince of Darkness. <laughs> so I put Body Bag, and I, I know that's a joint a joint production, but Body Bags came before Prince of Darkness, followed by Village of the Damned, Ghosts of Mars, Oof. and then The Ward, and then after that, I and Escape from L.A., but then after that, I put... Um, I put a bunch of things that either I hadn't seen or I hadn't seen in a really long time, so I couldn't properly place them. So, like, then just in a pile would be, and the rest. So, like, <laughs> I haven't seen Assault on Precinct 13 in ages. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Vampires, but um, I didn't put that on the list. So, Starman, I've never seen. I've never seen his uh, made-for-TV movie Elvis, so that's not oh, in the ranking. But Okay, uh, I can't wait to hear yeah. John Carpenter's rendition yes. of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, jailhouse rock yeah it's a lot of synth noises <laughs> prince of darkness and surprisingly because i didn't hate it while i was watching it i was pretty entertained but it once i actually put it in place it it ranked pretty low on my john carpenter favorites list yeah i mean it makes sense not to say that i'm a big john carpenter fan i haven't seen a lot of his movies i've seen about half of them but mm. I would say that this movie also ranks very lowly for me, Mm -hmm. mainly because this, it's just kind of a nothing movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, I think they had set pieces in mind. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have anything to go along with it. Yeah. Yeah. There was, this was, this seems like if I'm being honest, like, Something that you do like while you're waiting for other things to do. I think yeah, exactly definitely. you're right. Yeah, can we just talk about how uh, how John Carpenter was the uh, Christopher Nolan of his time? Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> I think that's. I think John Carpenter of the '80s wishes he was the Christopher oh. Nolan of his time because people took a shit on most of the movies that he put out. Oh, that's true. What, well, what do you mean he's the Christopher Nolan of his time? He has like his his group of people okay, that he uses so like Tarantino or Wes Anderson yeah, or yeah, yeah. Robert Rodriguez yeah, exactly I, I have a note like that too that says like because did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood no I oh, didn't oh fuck okay so in the credits of that like he has his actors and then at the very end he has like the gang which is like his reoccurring <laughs> actors that he uses and I wrote like the gang on this as the credits were going by and I was like oh <laughs> Donald Pleasance and Victor Wong and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Gang. the gang yeah dude that's it's funny because like I bring this up every so often often uh or i guess it's been every episode for the last like four episodes <laughs> but i don't think robert rodriguez is particularly talented he he's known just for having specific people in his movies yeah, yeah yeah and he also like and this doesn't make like big appearances in his movies but he's like oh i'm mexican and that's yeah. like his thing yeah but it doesn't it's not really expressed that deeply aside from like a reference here or there like mm-hmm. he'll make a luchador reference yeah, or like some yeah. shit like that and it's just like dude like you just kind of like make movies sometimes and none of them are particularly good spike is was great how dare you <laughs> <laughs> or i should say uh aside from that trilogy he did the fake trilogy the, the first two the once, once upon, upon a time, time in mexico, mexico yeah. the mexican desperado and, yes yeah, yeah. And those two and you don't like uh, from dust till dawn from dust till dawn okay. like, those three are like his good movies mm-hmm. yeah but he's like in the pantheon of directors like i would include john carpenter in this yeah because they have like a specific period when yeah. they're good yeah uh-huh. and then outside of that it's nothing 
because John Carpenter stopped being good in like what the mid nineties. After In the Mouth of Madness, I'd say, 94. Yeah. That was the end. Yeah. Sorry, John. (laughs) Sorry, John. I know you're listening. We're big fans, though. I know you're angry at everything, and you probably really have a right to be, but... you just want people to listen to your music, but, like, there's no way that a label would release just tones on a record. He tours. Dude. And he sells out his shit. Yeah, it's because people like me are like, I love John Carpenter movies. I'm going to hear the Halloween theme in person. I'm going to go to this concert. And And just like that... That's how he got his music career off the ground. Yeah. It was just like, I can make movies and put my own <laughs> yeah. music Although, in them. Although, did you see Halloween 2018? Like, no. I'm not a fan of, like, synth music generally at all. But, I I mean, I think in, like, and it's definitely the awful, like, 80s nostalgia thing. But, like, t- Halloween 2018 needed the score. And there's some excellent music in that movie. I mean, would you call it music or just rhythmic tones? Excellent rhythmic tones. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it works perfectly for like a Halloween movie or like a horror movie. movie yeah. and the music I'm not going to was... listen to it in my car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Which I don't have, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you've driven? Oh, fuck. Um, like 10 years ago, maybe. <laughs> Dude, there's no parking here. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I don't want a car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just uh, take electric scooters everywhere myself now. <laughs> We're Trangelino. lifestyle. Hell yeah. Uber and electric scooters only. <laughs> yeah, excellent. I think that John Carpenter really, like, he had a peak in his career. Yeah, yeah. He made, like, several really good movies. And had golden age. it's really, like, difficult to even look at his career and be like, yo, like, how did you manage to have this many, like, decent joints yeah. because if yeah. you look at anybody else's shit like you look at uh christopher nolan for instance i think that dude is overrated as shit i am oh, not a fan definitely and he, he does like very good pretentious movies <laughs> i would argue i would argue the only other genius auteur in hollywood is michael bay <laughs> what do you mean by that's genius a, that's, that's, because he he hits the mark every time with he, one of his movies. Yeah, he hits the mark for he, the audience. Yeah, of yeah. the I masses. Mean, not to I say guess. that like he's like uh, he makes smart movies or anything. No. no, he makes dumb movies for audiences to enjoy. Like you fucking have fistfuls of popcorn that you're mashing into That's your true. face no, as you right. miss your mouth, like because <laughs> you're care. just trying to watch these cars <laughs> fight or whatever. Dude, everything is just explosions from Michael Bay, though. That's the crazy part. Like, and he knows that he's got it formulated. And that's the crazy part. That's exactly and, why. And, you know, today's audience is pretty much just like, they want all content. They want they want all like action and no immediate payoff yeah yeah payoff 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 yeah but like i i mean i'm i don't know where i was going with this in terms of like him being smart about he's definitely smart about movie making Mm. but i I don't know if i would say like a true like movie making marketing yeah but i think i mean i don't think michael bay he's not marketing though the studios are marketing i mean it's not so my my argument for michael bay is that it's not necessarily that he's particularly mm-hmm. like adept at making a smart movie, but he's he's found his lane yeah. and he sticks to it like really fucking well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it's things that I enjoy personally. So he's really good at doing like don't take this the wrong way, uh, but objectification, not necessarily a of people but of things yeah, yeah. So like, like an exploitation movie yeah it's like a car that's driving down the freeway 
he has the perfect shot for that car right, driving okay. down the freeway. And it's just like, dude, I want that car now. Like, yeah. I don't, like this isn't like, this is a movie, but like, I, like, this is really cool. Like this, this watching this makes me feel cool by proxy. So Michael Bay is just a really good advertising yeah, director. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I would say so. Like I mean, that explosion that he has in every Transformers movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. yo, I wish I was there in person looking at that. It's like, oh, shit, this is cool. But don't you think it's diluting, like, Hollywood a little bit doing that kind no, of stuff? No, absolutely really? not. Oh. Because there's got to be room for fun, right? You can't, yeah, no, I agree. Fun I is wholeheartedly good. agree that yeah. there should be room for fun. But, but it's not. I'm not saying, like, yo, like, it. he is the perfect filmmaker because he's definitely not. And, like... It, Saying that his movies have substance is, is a lie, obviously. Yeah, that's a good save. <laughs> but uh, it, what he 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 does what he does very well, yeah. and you know okay. you're never gonna get a surprise. Like you, it, it, <laughs> right, when right. you go watch no. a Michael Bay movie, it's oh, this is Michael Bay. I know yeah. what the fuck mm-hmm. I'm getting. Yeah, it's not true. gonna. You're not gonna end up with a Michael Bay movie that's like. Well, he did have one stinker. It was Pain and Gain. Whoa, I like <laughs> that movie, though. I mean, but it was nothing like anything else he had done. It was more That's subdued. True. It was like a calm movie, like about some like weird bros. And it was supposed to be like, it was like Michael Bay doing an impression of Michael Mann. But he there was like a lot of like weird, like action-y bits in it that were very hallmarks of Michael Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it was his take it was him trying to do like a serious comedy. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Is this Martin Scorsese moment? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hate to direct this conversation about Prince of Darkness so far into Michael Bay territory, but I think what like he's really good at at, like playing a game, right? Something that like John Carpenter failed at several times and now like now he's sort of like a cult favorite, but like Michael Bay knows how to like work with the studio to produce something that's um enjoyable to a lot of people which is something that i think john carpenter didn't really give a fuck about yeah and that's exactly how it should be mm-hmm. in in film they're like two different people right, right? Mm-hmm. michael bay is very good at making a product right yeah. he does not make art <laughs> i would never argue that what he does is art ever he makes good products yeah he's yeah. like He's, he's Super Bowl Apple. halftime show. <laughs> yeah. He he's he's like Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah. He's the Apple product yeah, of for movies. Sure. For okay. sure. Whereas whereas John Carpenter is some weird obscure version of Linux. He's the Yugo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The Yugo fucking of movies. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there there's definitely place and space for both of those because John Carpenter, like with this movie, even though nothing really happens Mm -hmm. he does atmosphere very well yeah Yeah. and there's like a a subtle tension that goes throughout Mm -hmm. the movie after about a about a half hour in yeah like there's it's very tense and very weird right because you don't know where it's going mm -hmm. yeah exactly you don't really know where it's going at all until the very end you're like oh this is where we were going yeah and i really like this portion of the movie where uh, they walk into the cathedral mm-hmm. and it's about 30 minutes in and I was just like, where the fuck is this movie going? Yeah, yeah. And then he's just like, well, uh, things are changing and the Prince <laughs> of Darkness is coming so we gotta fucking settle this <laughs> yeah. or, uh, or yeah. end the world. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your boy, the professor, Mr. YouTube's man. <laughs> the mustache like, guy? He, uh, um, he, or uh, uh, Victor Wong. Victor Wong, whose oh. name was, I forget, I wrote it down. It was... Uh, Professor Birak, yeah, Yeah. Birak. Okay, so Professor Birak, they like 
the movie doesn't really ever pick up until about the last 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 And Seriously. throughout the movie, there's like tension, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's not like, it's not like, oh shit, like somebody's going to get fucking murdered. Like right. when that dude leaves the building and is murdered in the in the back alley i was the just bicycle like, impalement yeah. oh man that was wild that yeah. was some fuck wild shit dude yeah dude I was, and i was just like oh this is where it picks up yeah but it didn't, it didn't. no it, but there's always that subtle tension yeah. and it's helped a lot by the music yeah mm-hmm. absolutely definitely. the music is great for this film i think definitely it had a very they live vibe i could tell where he was like getting it, was, it, it out the before that yeah for <laughs> sure B-sides, dude. The, the, yeah. Yeah. I think, like the practice realm <laughs> all the shots that they had to create tension in the movie were like they were stretched out so much like the the worms on the window thing and the yeah like i think they were like it seems like they didn't have much for effects so when they had an effect they really wanted to let you see that effect yeah like the a lot of reverse shots down yeah shots. exactly yeah, like how many reverse dripping it. green goos are we gonna see in this movie Dude. the answer oh, is a lot that was the other thing so i had a weird like was that container open or was it closed? Why was the it dripping? Yeah. yeah, the cylinder thing. It was dripping upward. It was dripping upward, but into where? And, because it was like clearly a closed. <laughs> it was just, I don't know, Satan's magic. Yeah. <laughs> the prince of darkness can open the container at will. <laughs> yeah. Only he can give you these weird shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't know, the payoff at the end. I'm not sure. It wasn't the movie didn't end well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like a fun ending or a good ending. It was just kind of an ending. It wasn't. Yeah. It was all a dream I, ending. I, I it really, wasn't though. I really fucked with Shorty, like in the hallway, agonizing over the decision. <laughs> she yeah. was just like, I, I, "What do I do?" <laughs> like, so, oh, fuck it. At the end of the movie, uh, one of the women who was chosen by the Prince of Darkness mm-hmm. to like transport him back into the world is standing in front of a mirror. Yeah. Uh, so initially what she does is she takes a compact and she's trying to reach into the compact's mm-hmm. mirror mm-hmm. to re- bring out the Prince of Darkness mm-hmm. from I in think, it. I think she... Okay, so the green goo is Satan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to reach not... Is she trying to reach the Prince of Darkness or is she trying to reach like something bigger than that? The like anti-god or whatever. Yeah, oh, it may, have been, it may have been the anti-god. Yeah. 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 Okay, Sorry so to derail the, you there. No worries. So she's reaching the, she's now the Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Is that, I don't I know. I think that's how it's supposed to go, Maybe. right? Like, all right, well, whatever. Let's say that she became the Prince of Darkness because the goo or the juice, the, the yeah, mountain the, dew, the mountain dew, yeah. the mountain goo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She reaches into the compact and tries to pull out uh, the anti god, mm-hmm. and it breaks because it's too small. Mm-hmm. And so she goes into the other room where uh, the other dude is, and she's it's just this big fucking mirror. Yeah, so conveniently like, placed. Conveniently, you know, come to me, and she just reaches into it. And I thought, like, when I say towards the beginning of this, like, I feel like the entire movie was built around this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he had the idea for yeah. reaching into the mirror and pulling something yeah. out and just built around that. That was that. the gag, yeah. Because yeah, that came that out of fucking his... nowhere. Right, yeah. right. They do a lot of alluding to things mm-hmm. earlier in the movie. They start talking about, like, string theory, Shirley Dude, yeah. the, what was the point of the metaphysics and everything in there? If there was no payoff for it, really. There kind of was, but, like, they didn't try that hard. Yeah. Yeah. They thought that dropping a bunch of terms would be, (laughs) like, a sufficient replacement for, like, plot. Mm. Yeah. So that way people are like, 
big words. I don't know what that means. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, we, there's a lot of big concepts here, like string theory and, you know, like anti-gods and mm-hmm. anti-matter. And, yeah. And none of that really made any came sort of to difference. any fruition at right. all. None. It's like, b- because they told us we just took their word for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how 80s movies worked. Now I've got YouTube and I know. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we can Wikipedia because, that shit yeah. right away. Just because the Prince of Darkness exists doesn't mean that if I like collide these two atoms together, he's going to appear <laughs> yeah. out of a mirror. I'm going to Google search what a tachyron is <laughs> immediately. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did really like the reaching into the mirror shit. Mm-hmm. That, was, that cool. was really the only cool part. Of yeah. I, I like the set for where the, uh, where the, the, mountain dude container was it It was was really cool it was yeah it was very well dressed set like when i watched it there was like these weird vibes and me and serene were talking about it that it was like uh the the nun movie with all like the crosses all over the wall it was really cool i thought it was yeah definitely james wan or their production designer had seen (laughs) a prince of darkness movie yeah for sure it was cool like i I thought that set in particular was really well done and like it was kind of the only set yeah Yeah. otherwise they were just rooms there was and you brought this up a lot when we were watching it he kept he's like there's so many cots like the cots are very like it's a very cot forward set (laughs) yeah they mentioned it like the guy was going through the list of things that they had in like as equipment and like they said cots and then it was just a constant recurring thing where people were tripping on cots and like throwing them around it was weird man so we were talking about like the three million dollar budget or whatever (laughs) and like where that money went and it probably honestly went to like um donald pleasant's his salary and victor wong and and not so much on set dressing (laughs) yeah i mean for the three million my guess is like the majority of it went to pay for staff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And you just use like what twenty five thousand for the last twenty minutes yeah. for the, the effects and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I, the movie itself is one that I look at and I wonder why it was made. Yeah, because there's nothing like let's say in this conversation we're talking about John Carpenter as an artist. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think this movie is particularly artistically fulfilling Mm -hmm. in any ways like there's nothing new that he said or was trying to say it's just that he wanted to like do some cool reaching into the mirror shit (laughs) yeah he might have just done it just to try out some weird experimental effects i i sort of had similar questions like why bother like you just made a huge big budget movie and you obviously had more in the works like with they live like why why bother doing this movie and I, i sort of snooped around the internet so I, I don't know how how true any of this is, but um, like the fact that Big Trouble failed and he had trouble with studios, it was kind of like a just fuck you, I do what I want. Uh-huh. I have time in between these two movies. I don't know how far along they live was, but um, it was kind of like, I don't know. It seemed just like a personal project that he did because he could because I'm fucking John Carpenter. Was- and it, it's like his golden age right now, mm-hmm. even though Big Trouble failed, like he still can kind of do whatever the fuck he wants even i was though. wondering if it was a passion project or no, i mean like not passion project but like a personal project personal that he project. wanted to yeah. rub the salt and i'm sure the th- answers are on the internet that we just haven't seen so people yeah. probably yell at us but um <laughs> you know, that those are the first impressions i guess yeah. yeah i mean i agree like i mean not that there's you're stating facts it's not like as if there's something to agree right with. Like, it's 
I mean, that's viable to me, right? Yeah. Like, fuck you. I do what it's, I want. It's like the uninteresting probability. <laughs> yeah. Because I I want to assume this is, it's a lot different than it is today or even mm-hmm. like 10 years ago where the relationships between studios and movie theaters is like so fucking tight that yeah. you have to have like a studio willing to distribute the right, movie right. where like you could kind of get away with it if you've already made the movie. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to spend $3 million right now on making a movie, there's a pretty good chance that I couldn't get any distribution right. for it. Yeah. But with John Carpenter, even though, I mean, he just had a flop. Yeah. You could still make 14 million. Off right. Of it. They're still mm-hmm. going to remember that this is a guy who directed Halloween and that made a yeah. shitload of money. Yeah. Um, and was this distributed by Universal Pictures eventually? I don't I think, think it, it was. was it, okay. This and then some other studio. Yeah, yeah. Some international studio, I think. Okay. I don't, I, don't, I, I remember seeing Universal Pictures, but that doesn't really say too I mean, I feel it like was, they distribute a lot. Oh, oh yeah. It was Universal and Cal, uh, Coraloco. Cor, Corolco. Carolco. Oh, yes. Carolco. Well known. Esteemed. So it's the Esteemed. C, the C logo that you see dance yeah. across the screen. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this movie to anybody uh, because there's not really a story. There's not really much going on in the movie at all. There's just. I mean, things happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of standing around in that movie too. Like that whole exchange with him and those two girls that are just standing in that room staring at him when he's yeah. in that closet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, is this gonna be the rest of the movie? Like he's just gonna be yelling at them, saying dumb. Oh yeah, so I wanted puns. to talk about him like just absolutely going ape shit in the closet <laughs> with his arms up in the air. I'm gonna die. Yeah. That did not fit with the rest of the film at all. It was such a strange. And then like Donald, like because it was like cut in between or like next to Donald Pleasance, like just silently like figuring out things like and then you mm-hmm. cut back to um, I forget um, Dennis Dunn mm-hmm. and he's just like flailing like a Muppet in the closet. Oh my God. And, and then he's like. I forgive, uh, forgive me for what I say. I take it back. You do look Asian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like, what the fuck that was are you so talking puzzling, about? Yeah. Because earlier in this film, he says you don't, you look, don't Asian. look Asian. Yeah. I was like, what, what is going? Fuck does that mean? There, is that I like, feel like an there was a thing? cut scene that was yeah. somewhere in there? His character said a few strange things though, because he he talked about gay panic, and then yes. and and I thought like Peter Jason said something about like he um, Dennis Dunn said he had a hot date, and he's like, yeah. oh, what's his name or something like that, and then he. <laughs> talked about gay panic later and i was like is this just like a casually gay like asian character in a 1987 film but i mean i don't know because then he talked about like wanting to be dominated by women so maybe he was just a like a secret bisexual secret yeah, possibly. but not so secret, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, but I feel like that's giving this movie like way too much credit and forth, like and and thought into. It like, was a pretty diverse characters. cast, though. It was absolutely a diverse cast, but yeah. like that was it, like surface diversity. Mm. Not like a, not like I don't know. That that's definitely a point that I thought about. Like John Carpenter, like definitely like has is, like employs diverse casts especially well, a lot of these people came straight off of big trouble in little china but mm-hmm. um that i mean for a 1987 film like you have like a pretty like ethnically diverse cast and then you have like women in like you know grad school and i mean that's something right yeah i mean yeah. that opening was a little bit weird with that fucking dude with the mustache, mustache yes. dude. Oh, yeah man. i was like this 
He was such I mean, a creep. And that, and that lady wasn't really in that no, movie yeah. all that much. And it was just like that character didn't need to exist. Yeah. This exchange where he has sex with her yeah. doesn't need to exist. This dream that he has at the end mm-hmm. with her in it didn't mm-hmm. need to exist. Yeah. It could have been anybody else. Yeah. I kept waiting for there to be something more to that because it seemed too easy just to be that's it. Like, <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. That was a very, yeah. It was bad. The movie, yeah. You know what? I've come around. Holy, the movie's bad. Uh, <laughs> the movie's very bad, actually. I, 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 I'd say I still sort of say it's okay. Yeah, it's, you, because you're a fucking fan over here. Yeah, but I mean, it still ranks pretty low for me. I, I, it's, yeah. it's not something I'm going to be rewatching in the next ten years. It's better than Zombieland. Those oh. are weird things to compare. Yeah, well, that is... we recently did on the Patreon uh, the commentary for Zombieland. Okay. And Zombieland, because it's getting a sequel soon, yeah. mm. uh, was one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. I'm really? surprised. It's l- a lot of talking and yeah. not like... Not like Tarantino dialogue? It's, it's, yeah, and yeah. it's not like a normal <laughs> God, zombie film Tarantino, either. Tarantino pisses me off a lot for a lot of different reasons, <laughs> yeah. but we can talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a, Next a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any any closing thoughts you want to add? You have a book full of notes. Like, I, yeah, did, I did, but I, oh, I, I feel like we really touched on everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, the, the pacing was odd with without, like, it didn't really build up. I didn't care about the characters enough for, for it to be such a slow burn, I think. And then um, the fact that the plot was so convoluted and just unclear. Like, I watched the movie and I literally said, like, knowing we were going to talk about it on the podcast, like, I think I'm going to have to watch it again tomorrow before we talk about it. Um, and then I just looked at the internet, <laughs> which confirmed what I thought I had seen, but I wasn't sure about what I thought I thought I had seen. And in some cases that works for films, right? Like there's a lot to discuss and maybe like your experience is different than everyone else's, but I don't think that this was that movie. Like it, it had a story, but it was just not, cl- not clear. I mean, it was clear, but it was like, do you think know. he was like partially riding on the fact that, or on the hopes that because he had some of the cast members from uh, Big Trouble in Little China that people would come and see the movie? Oh, oh but that movie was a flop, though, huh? Yeah, but uh, I'm, I mean, it's still like I said earlier. I think it's still John Carpenter, and he's still sort of like in his heyday. So he, yeah, his, I'll do what yeah, I want. Yeah, he's still like Big Trouble flopped, but he's still gonna make movies. Uh, people are still gonna watch his movies. I think I wasn't, I didn't watch Prince of Darkness in 1987 because I was two <laughs> years old. <laughs> it, is, is 14 million for gross a good turnaround for $3 million budget? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's over four times. In 87 money. Too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like anything, I would say anything over eight for a $3 million budget is good. Well, compared to all like, those people. <laughs> he, he made twice the money or more, than, he made four times the money. So... This I makes mean, me I can't, I wonder can't what the and I didn't look this up and I don't know if you did but the um the for Big Trouble in Little China like how much was that budget and how much were the earnings so Prince of Darkness was probably ultimately more successful like budget wise than sure. Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> well, maybe we can look it up let's do it which would be to. interesting and tragic. <laughs> And I, I think, like, I would still, like, as a horror fan and as a fan of Carpenter, I would still be watching this movie. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Uh, it's bad. Oh, uh, no. So the budget 
is estimated between 19 million and Holy 25 fuck. million. Fuck. In 1986 That's money? That's bajillions, yeah. man. Yeah, and the oh, return honey. was 11. Holy oh, fuck. So That's a not a flop, flop, dude. That is a fucking like, nuclear meltdown. Wow, okay. Yeah. I'm surprised they let him make any more films after that. Which well, is actually, that's why he did Prince of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of crazy to me because this like it's a good movie big like, trouble yeah it's not one of those movies that's a cult classic like the room that's mm. actually genuinely bad. right right uh, right right it's it's a good movie and yeah. it's not as if like it's incoherent or all yeah over the no place. it's no. a great it's, there's a lot of effects that go on that movie so <laughs> that's I can why that definitely shit costs 25 see, million yeah, i can definitely see where all the budget did go for sure but maybe i wonder maybe if you like got more money for prince of darkness but only worked with three million and then just try to make it like look i can make this movie and still make a lot of profit like uh, i don't know it's a good question john i know you're listening let us know give us a call uh, <laughs> 413 savage one leave us a message and w- i'm interested in hearing how this movie got made because it stands out among all of his work for sure but not in a positive way <laughs> yeah it's kind of just there which yeah. i think is also why it took me so long to watch this movie despite being like a pretty big carpenter fan like i mean it wasn't something that i was like oh, i have to watch prince of darkness <laughs> although it did hover around like i feel guilty for not watching prince of darkness <laughs> movie but yeah. now i feel vindicated in my <laughs> hesitance Good. like no one was really you know hollering from the rooftops that this was a achievement in anything yeah you don't hear too much about it i don't like uh, there's a lot of carpenter movies get screened here in la all the time and mm-hmm. i've yet to see a prince of darkness screening <laughs> although i don't doubt that it will happen soon and if it does i will probably be there to watch it this podcast <laughs> is the one that turned that all around I yeah betcha. i know you're listening whoever is booking you, movies you listen here new beverly yeah, yeah. New beverly <laughs> fucking what's the one that does it at the cemetery Oh. oh god <laughs> keep that fucking evil shit away from me are you fucking kidding yeah, me yeah let's watch prince of darkness that's actually i mean if this movie were actually enjoyable that might be fun uh, if they did a, a filming or a, a screening a screening of it in little tokyo that'd be fucking oh, yeah. great man oh that's what we should have talked about a little bit more is oh. this, the, sh- the filming oh. location yeah. being in let's, in little tokyo let's get into it so it's really strange serene pointed out at first of the location because she I saw the like hotel. a hotel, yeah. yeah. And then when I saw the building that it was shot in, I noticed it right away because I used to work right behind that church, which is now a, a playhouse or like it's a, a community art center, center, I think. Yeah. yeah, community art center. Don't you know the Prince of Darkness once lived yeah. here? <laughs> I now want to go over there. We could go visit it today. You know, the great <laughs> thing <laughs> is, is that there's just as many homeless people hanging around yeah. that area as it was in the movie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm sure we could find Alice Cooper down there. Uh, he somewhere. might actually just be down the skid row right now. Uh, yeah, that, I think that 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 definitely added a little bit more fondness of the film for me because it's kind of like our neighborhood and yeah. our area, and the buildings are still recognizable. Yeah, and there's it's still crazy how just hordes of homeless people being treated <laughs> like absolute shit down oh, there. Jesus. So it, it's still, and I think that's also something that could be a big discussion is talking about like the depiction of like homelessness and like mental yeah, illness in horror films. Them, what are they like schizos? Al, um, Alice Cooper is credited as street schizo. Street schizo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's so fucked up, that's man. Fucked. Yeah. Jesus. And then the, 
the homeless people are also equated to the bugs. Yes, yeah, that was a good point. Yeah, it's swarming up, and dirty Fuck. and yeah. Yeah, it was there's really a lot to say about that. Yeah, that feels like lazy you. screenwriting to me. You mm-hmm. know, like that's just too. Although it is 1987, and like crime and poverty were, I think, viewed differently than they are now. Yeah. And same with mental illness. Yeah, definitely. What was the like the what was the big payoff with all the homeless people hanging around the church though? Were they minions of the? Uh, I think that's yeah. what the yeah. idea was. Oh, okay, yeah. they were they were like sentries for the Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Oh. And if you went outside the church, they fucked they you they up. Fucked you they up? stabbed yeah. you with half a garden shear. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't or happen in the real whole life. Last bicycle, <laughs> yeah, man, that was crazy. When I saw that yeah. bicycle frame, I was like, "Why is it all like busted up like that?" That's not even how a bicycle frame is supposed yeah. to look. Oh, it was an implement of death. I yes, see. oh yes, yeah. If only that dude was more athletic, he could have just <laughs> juked him. Oh I feel gosh. like all, all of this film oh. could have been avoided if people would have just run away. Remember how much we were screaming at the the mustache just guy to just climb fence. back over the fence? What an idiot! So my favorite part was when Shorty jumps into the mirror with that other woman yeah. rather than yeah. just pushing her yeah. in. Dude. I was like, you didn't have to. No. Like, and no. that makes her like agonizing over yeah. it even more funny. Yeah. Because like that was my first thought when I saw that happening. I was just like, push, just her, push her ass in. in yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> For like, real. Just pick her up by her legs and yeah, yeah. if it and don't you, work it don't work you try the Donald Pleasance <laughs> sealed the deal by breaking the mirror right behind oh, dude, her either I loved Donald Pleasance's one handed axe throw <laughs> yeah. that like really a, did it for me like a yeah. dude. so that, like there are things that make the movie lovable to me and it's like a fan of like shitty <laughs> 80s like low budget just awful movies I, I enjoy things like that like the one handed axe throw or the uh, the fact that the effects for like the squirting of the goo was literally <laughs> someone with a super soaker <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like oh those my gosh. things are delightful yeah. i think and and that's what turns a film i think into like a, a cult favorite is like those ridiculous things that are they're they're bad but they're charming and i i i enjoy seeing like um you know someone just getting sprayed in the mouth with a super yeah, soaker of like gatorade <laughs> gosh it had all the hallmarks of like what a cult movie could have, but it could somehow have, didn't. Yeah, it wasn't quite fun enough. I yeah, think. it, it didn't have the traction. It to had like moments. To yeah, do it. it was more Dennis Dunn. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, around. give me more flailing, more water gun, like mouth to mouth shit. <laughs> 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 and then, then we're in for like like multiple viewings. But as of now, I think I'm set on one. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. I think maybe in 10 years I'll go, remember Prince of Darkness? Did I like that movie? I should watch it again. I do like John Carpenter. Oh. <laughs> I've already forgotten about this movie. <laughs> what are we discussing? <laughs> and with that, we'll be back with our final segment, No Concessions. Stay tuned. What do you know? We've got a review in for some of the content on the Patreon. Uh, this is from Serene, who joined us on our latest episode, the episode that you're listening to right now. Here's the review. My dick is so hard right now. My dick is so hard right now. My dick is so hard right now. A tad bit inappropriate, but there you have it. Solid review. The natural eroticism of our show can't be denied. You heard it here first, people. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash no concessions. Enjoy the rest of the show. 
And we're back with our titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movie. In this case, I'm pretty sure it's favorite. I didn't right. know we were allowed to choose least favorite, uh, but well, I, I still stick by what I chose. Like, all right, I wouldn't good. have changed it. Let's, stick, let's start with you. Okay. Um, so once again, in sticking with the theme of me not knowing how to choose things i feel like there's so many shitty movies that i would defend tooth and nail i just let me just give you a little these are some things that came to mind um i thought about halloween 3 but i think that that movie kind of has like it's it's gotten like a a renaissance in the horror community at least so i don't think i really need to defend halloween 3 and i know you hate this movie but alien resurrection is something that i think i could defend um i'm not willing to die for it though so i didn't choose that one jaws 3d that's a shitter but boy do i fucking like watching that movie um and uh the relic also so some Uh, really shitty 90s movies i went with a different trashy 90s movie and that's event horizon um one of my favorite movies of all fucking time and i think again like halloween 3 it's gotten it's viewed a little bit more fondly now like at least in the horror community like where you know where i see people no one's no one's discussing event horizon outside the horror community that's for sure i i like that movie so that that was uh 1997 directed by paul anderson of uh resident evil I wouldn't say fame, but he also directed Mortal Kombat, so yeah, he's, capable, he's capable. Um, and Event Horizon is like an, I think, judging by his, and he's a he's a nice person, I've met him before, but I, it feels like a, almost a fluke in his filmography. <laughs> Event Horizon is like, it's, it's like Hellraiser in space. It's like Hellraiser and Alien had a baby. Hmm. Um, and I, I brought Event Horizon up a little bit earlier, but I, I, I jumped the gun on that one a little bit. But um, I, I like that movie for lots of reasons. First of all, I like the cast. Sam Neill's in it. I love Sam Neill. Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Jason Isaac. And the cast and the characters, I think, are pretty interesting. Every character sort of has like they're very individual they all have their own quirks they feel like well fleshed out characters for this like 90s space horror film and that really sticks out and i think it's also visually really pleasing the colors are great in it the cinematography is awesome there's a lots there there are lots of just pleasing symmetrical shots of of the spaceship Mm -hmm. and there's this like gothic sort of cathedral look to the ship and i think it was compared to i don't remember what cathedral it was it might have been notre dame actually it's also sort of got like that alien vibe the like giger-esque look to it it was brutalist and i don't know it's a very it's beautiful and it's which is a weird thing to be saying about Event Horizon because, like, it it's not the no, finest so... film. But it's every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, this is really lovely. Like, it's yeah. shot very, like, it feels like every shot was done with care. It, it takes effort, I think, to ignore some of the bad CGI, which they seem very confident in showing you, like, yeah. extended scenes of like cgi corridors which is painful because it has these really great practical effect shots and if you know anything about the film the spaceship sort of tears its way through space time accidentally lands itself in hell and then comes back in which our characters who are aboard like a salvage ship have to go sort of rescue it or sort of get to the bottom sam neil sam neil's character is sort of like the creator of the ship he designed it so they go back he ends up having some like satan <laughs> psychic connection with the ship and Prince of Darkness. yeah he becomes like the ship 
essentially possesses him but um spoilers if you haven't seen event horizon 1997 there are these really great sort of visceral shots and this is what i think is very hellraiser to me in which you see members of the crew in like various horrifying like flayed or dismembered oh, or like spikes and there's the like blood orgy. just yes the blood or this Fuck is yeah, it, like man. there's there's a blood orgy as well but this is like a different this is another scene the blood orgy also got trimmed down <sighs> Um, unsurprisingly but I guess they cut out a lot of these scenes and so they sort of flash on on screen for just a couple frames which I think actually kind of works because it's just sort of like an uneasy like people with maggots spilling out of their mouths like I don't you you don't need to look at that for too long to get the point of it yeah Hollywood so (laughs) I think I mean that's that's it's just really appealing to me Um, but Event Horizon I will die absolutely die on a hill for that movie and I I've of all the movies that I've seen, I love to rewatch films, and that's one that I've watched over and over and over. Like people who know me know me as like the Event Horizon apologist. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Paul Anderson. Yeah, seriously, I that's like one of the cornerstones of our friendship. Actually, yeah, is we that watch movie. that movie a lot in this house. Gosh. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna have to go beeline it and not do a horror <laughs> movie, unfortunately. But I want to tell you guys about this awesome comedy movie called Taken starring <laughs> Liam Neeson. So you have old men desperate uh, to Yeah, it's got all the hallmarks of a great movie. It's got an old man who's fighting people who are way younger and probably much stronger than him. You know, and like if you if you don't view it as an action movie, you could definitely look at it as a as a weird comedy action movie. Cuz like there's there's just weird shit that goes on like there's a chase scene in the movie where he's in a jeep in like Europe and he's at a construction site or like a, a construction site with like a, a brothel built into it and he knocks over this weird um like barrel of, of gasoline and then he knocks over another barrel in the next scene of fire and just the whole place is on fire to erupts into flames it's insane eat your heart out michael bay yeah seriously <laughs> I don't know who the director is. I didn't go as in depth uh, as Serene did with my research. That's I just not research. That's just knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I feel that's like off the top of the dome. <laughs> yeah, seriously, just that freestyle. She, she had that book open, but she wasn't really reading out of it. Um, Dude, it it's crazy. Shit. Like I, I really like Taken, and everyone who's never seen it, I always try to f- kind of force them into watching. You did it, force me is, to watch yeah, Taken. I, I made her watch it on a road trip. Yeah. So she couldn't escape it. No. It's like being on an airplane. <laughs> I don't regret it, though. It was a good movie. I liked it a lot. And I'll die on the hill for that movie. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more about this. What What else do you like about it? Because um, I've seen it multiple times. And I thought it was novel at the time. But then John Wick came out. And I was just oh, like, dude, yeah. taking his pussy shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really feel like it's a foundation for movies like John Wick. Where it's just like a guy who's... I mean, there's other movies that are revenge movies, honestly, but this one was like over the top, like action violence where he's like going around and interrogating people and shooting motherfuckers and like in in the middle of like posh like parties and like weird stuff like that. And I don't know the 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 way. he drives a come on. He drives a freaking <laughs> Audi onto a fucking yacht, man. Come <laughs> well, on. Where do you want Denzel? Well, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I can elaborate on like the weird things of like trying to villainize like other. It takes place in France. That's like a place you wouldn't suspect bad 
scary things happening either like they just threw that in the left field but like let's have it take place in like a nice little the the, the city of love paris <laughs> fuck that there's a bunch of weird sex shit going on right like now Eli Roth hostile <laughs> yeah that was yeah honestly Serbia. <laughs> uh that it, it i will defend that movie like people will be like that's such a shitty movie and like the other two sequels are just cash grabs i'm like no they they all follow a linear story of everyone gets taken at some time <laughs> even oh, liam neeson shit. have you seen oh, the show fuck. The show? the show yeah the show oh taken. yeah we discussed this i didn't know there was a show until last night <laughs> yeah and i was oh. doing research about, well not research i was just looking up taken because i love it's it research and and i was like i was like this is a tv series like or like a series based off of it and i was like i need to watch it now i'm going it, it's on my list now but it's funny because like it is loosely a based around the premise of somebody being taken <laughs> it's like it's not so much that they were taken; it's just that their life was taken. <laughs> oh my god! So it was—it's a really weird and dumb show. It's not even like somebody who's recovering kidnap victims. <laughs> it's just a, a show about a paramilitary dude oh. who is working for the government in some capacity. It's not as if like, oh yo, my sister was kidnapped. In the first episode, his sister gets shot. Oh fuck! And uh, she dies on this train, and he becomes like a recluse. And then the government starts following him around. And then there's nothing to do with kidnapping. Is it's it like just, a prequel to like how he became who he is? It's or? not no. even the same character. No, it's not even the same dude. It's just, oh. it's so fucking random. That's so crazy. What the fuck? Yeah, check it out. Let me know what you think. Okay, I definitely will. That's, <laughs> that's taking the TV series podcast coming <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a recap show of every episode of Taken. <laughs> Hell yeah. My movie this week is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Ooh. Okay. Probably one of the greatest action movies ever made. There's not really too much to say about it. I know every week I come in with these layups, but what can I say? <laughs> like, I have exquisite taste. So it's, I mean, it's probably one of the best, like, action adventure movies ever made. Um, from start to end, like, it's action packed, it's really well paced. The acting is pretty good. A manic Bruce Willis is, like, pretty good. I could imagine maybe a Nick Cage mm-hmm. in that oh. role. Like, Nick Cage just constantly screaming in every scene <laughs> in Die Hard with a Vengeance would be pretty good. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Die Hard with a Vengeance <laughs> without Nick Cage, which is very good. I mean, top to bottom, I don't really necessarily like the connection to the first movie that they made. It was it felt a little bit shoehorned in. And the villains being Germans is fine. It doesn't really matter. It's the whole story and like the movie is kind of like a puzzle that works itself out and all the pieces are laid correctly and one of my favorite things to do in a movie well i guess it's not necessarily my favorite on purpose it's just something that i wind up doing it's like trying to guess what's happening next or like having an idea of what's going to take place next in die hard with a vengeance i never ever once at least the first several times that i saw it i never was just like yo this this is what happens this is like telegraph i know what's <laughs> like when they release a, reveal the twist that is like 
they were brothers, but like they didn't really fuck with each other like that. <laughs> Initially, when they were like, oh, this is Hans Gruber's brother, I was just like, oh, that's lame. And then when they were just like, but they didn't fuck with each other like that. Like, <laughs> they they weren't even like cool. Like, he's not here for revenge. He's here to rob the bank. Like, <laughs> using that as the setup for a, a pretend heist hmm. was like really cool. Like, when that twist was revealed. But initially, I was like, Oh, he's just a terrorist, man. That's like not cool. <laughs> he's blowing stuff up. But when they were just like, yo, he's robbing a bank. He just lied, dude. I was like, yo, this is impressive. I really, I really like that. The story is great. It's an abnormally good story for an action movie, hmm. too. It's that's something else that kind of sticks out. Like some of the things that that are in there that don't make a lot of sense like when he's in the aqueducts and the water is rushing through minor details yeah like (laughs) sam jackson's driving down the freeway and he happens to see him shoot out of the aqueduct like fuck and he pulls up and and those other guys are like following him and they try there's some things in that movie that don't make a ton of sense but overall i think the movie start to finish is like really solid and you can watch it without having watched the other movies and it's got one of my favorite openings to a movie ever they pick up john mcclane and he's fucking hung over and they're like he's and he looks like dried out and distressed (laughs) and shit they just pick him up in a van and they just start explaining things right away and it doesn't start like a normal movie where it's like or, I mean, it does start like a normal movie in that it has a bunch of explosions go off to catch the audience's attention. <laughs> Just normal movie But, things. like, it, the way that it kind of starts with the main character being distressed is fucking amazing. It's not, it's not a sequel in that, like, oh, it's a contiguous story from one to two to three. Mm. It's just like a slice of life show about, or <laughs> slice of life movie about a cop who has a really shitty job and has terrible luck. And huh. I really get a kick out of that. I, I dig that he's got that, like, I don't know, like, is it like an anti hero kind of vibe? Does he want to be, like, helping these people out during this yeah, when he's hung over? He does. I mean, no, he doesn't because he's hung over. But like, he does. <laughs> but because because he, he has to. Be, no, it's because he's like genuinely a good person. Oh, uh, okay. It's at no point during the movie was he like, I'm not going to do this. Samuel L. Jackson multiple times was like, these are white people with white problems, <laughs> and I'm not fucking. I'm not with fucking this. with that shit. Yeah. That's so funny. it's Samuel L. Jackson adds like a nice flavor to the movie too because it's not. He does like the 90s bit where it's like about racism, but like his character, like that sort of bit is like tired to me, Mm -hmm. but I think it works well in this movie considering like how the movie starts and what the 90s was like when this movie came out. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of interesting, like, but at the same time, a lot of comedians were doing like, it's cause I'm black Mm. sort of thing. But that that kind of goes on for like the first twenty minutes of the movie, and they kind of drop it because yeah. it starts with overt racism. Watch the movie; it's okay. fantastic. I love it. Convince me, man. Yeah, Shit. dude, we should watch it right now. All right, I'm fucking done. With it. <laughs> Coming next, live commentary of <laughs> Dire Earth. <laughs> <of Avengers. laughs> um, you guys have got anything you want to plug? No. <laughs> Um, you can look at my Instagram, go see some uh, archival, some movie archive stuff, I guess. All right. If I'm you... literally not an entity at all on anything. I uh, just. 
someday mm-hmm. I wanted to start a YouTube, but that's not today. So okay, I'm well. working on a, an exhibit, a science fiction science fiction exhibit at work right now. So that that should be cool. Okay, we've got I've we've got a lot of uh, things. Um, things we've got a lot of pieces related to the thing <laughs> and um, science fiction from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. We've got an original copy of Who Goes There, the novella that the thing was based off of, signed by the author. Pretty yeah. cool. Okay. So cool. that's something I'm What's, working on right now. What archive is going to be at? It's at the Cal State LA Special Collections and Archives Fuck in yeah. East Los Angeles. But you can see pictures on my social media. Okay, cool. Uh, that link will be in the show notes. This is Serene. It's not spelled how you think it's spelled, so unless just look in the show Greek notes. <laughs> uh, if, unless if you are a Greek major, then it's exactly how you think it's spelled. Um, but not how it's pronounced? <laughs> We're getting too far into it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's edition of No Concessions. We'll uh, catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Have a nice day. Oh, <laughs>